Just a few weeks ago, we were talking about a path for the Panthers to play in the Orange Bowl. And now they have accepted an invitation to the Quick Lane Bowl against Eastern Michigan. We look at what went wrong for the Panthers this season, how they struggled to finish strong, and we look at the successes of this year's football team and how they can build on that for the future. That and more on this week's Hail to Pit podcast. about finishing it in these final 30 minutes. Well, you know, it happened in, it happened in West Virginia where we knocked off number two. It happened in South Carolina. It's happened in Pittsburgh today. Our guys had a lot of guts tonight. We're just going to keep getting better. I mean, it's just, that's what it is. One home game that you will never, ever forget. We shocked the world. Hail to Pitt. Hail to Pitt. This is the week of December 14th. And this is the Hail to Pit Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Vince. And I'm Pam. Detroit in December. Shouldn't be that bad, should it? Pitt found out it's playing Eastern Michigan in the Quick Lane Bowl. And that's what is next. But this week, we look back and we evaluate a season in review. Some would say, get down to brass taxes, Vince and cut all the BS and really assess things now as we get ready for the holidays. Pit football is winding down, and we got a lot to talk about at H2P Show on Twitter and Instagram. And you put it here in the rundown, Vince, today, brass taxes. Yeah, yeah, we got we to gotta, uh, you know, put our emotion aside uh, that we've had the past uh, couple weeks and really break down how this team performed uh, over this season. Uh, before we get to this big big bowl game coming up uh, uh, day after Christmas, and we also have National Signing Day for the early period next week, uh, December 18th, that we'll be talking about. But before we get to all that, we gotta we got to really talk about how, the, how this team did. Yes, we do, and we're going to do that today, and we're going to really be honest, Pam. I think honesty today is the best policy. Oh, yeah, it always is the best policy, and this pit team needs to be honest and look themselves (laughs) in the mirror and see how they could have finished a little bit better here down the stretch. And make that change. Look in the mirror. That's what everybody needs to be doing. Well, actually, right now they need to be practicing getting in the reps especially the underclassmen utilizing the time that they've been afforded because they are bullying. That's what's important now. But yeah, we get to look in the mirrors, Pitt fans and a lot of interesting conversation on the internet as well among Pitt fans. We're going to get into, it's going to be a fun show today at H2P show. As I said, on Twitter and Instagram, you can email us, Pam. We got the email wide open for everybody, huh? Yep. At how to pit podcast, uh, the number two at gmail.com. So holler there if you'd like to send a formal email and uh, we'll, we'll read it and maybe even read it on the air if you want us to. And we appreciate uh, any feedback on Panther Lair or Reddit or I got feedback walking through the cork factory this week, Vince. And someone said, hey, when are you getting a, a voicemail for me to call into? So we might have to set that up <laughs> soon. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to hear from all the listeners uh, by, by uh, any means necessary. Absolutely. So we might set that up. So look forward to a voicemail for you to call into. And uh, 
You can uh, maybe have your voice heard on the show, and you could hail to pit for us. We are brought to you by Pretty Easy Podcasts. Go to prettyeasypodcasts.com. If you would like to start a podcast like this show today, it's very simple to sign up. Or you could just inquire uh, right there on the sign-up page on prettyeasypodcasts.com. And basically what you get is your own personal producer who helps take the load off your shoulders so you could focus on just talking into a microphone like we do every single week here on the hell to pit podcast and if you want to do a show on any topic whatsoever pretty easy podcast is just all about making it easy on podcasters so go to prettyeasypodcast.com to inquire and get started today the big news among some crushing defeats and uh, basketball season hitting uh, a mini break here uh, the big news is the quick lane bowl pam the day after christmas we're going to go into that game in long form on a future episode but your initial thoughts when you saw this past weekend that pitt is bowling in detroit michigan my first thought is this is a same exact place that pitt last won a bowl game at uh the little caesars bowl led by chad voitick correct Yes, yeah. yes, right. and that was a much that cooler, I thought much cooler was... name back then. Literally, I'll give me Little Caesars Bowl over Quick Lane Bowl any day. Yeah, I uh, I agree with you on that one. But um, it they my in addition to this was the last time Pitt won um, the last the last time they won a bowl game. I also thought how big they've fallen to be playing against Eastern Michigan. Even two weeks ago, we were talking about them playing Texas or Michigan <laughs> teams along those lines in that uh, caliber caliber. Yeah. Wishful thinking. Uh, when I saw this, I, it, it was a total face to palm. I, this is no fun. This is there. What, there's no, there. I'm, I know we're going to go into a long form Vince, but there's really not a lot to win here except just a game. <laughs> it's wow. It's a, it's a tough situation to be in. You're set up for, uh, you know, a team that's going to be super hungry, basically playing a home game that you absolutely should not lose to. Yeah, well, you talk about nothing to gain. I'll say this: what what is to gain is is not ending the season on a loss. Uh, and, and you know, with how how uh, bad this team's looked over the past couple weeks, you know, any win. Uh, will make you feel uh, just a little bit better go- going into the off season and a loss would just be uh, a downright disaster. Uh, yeah. So uh, that, you know, th- there's an opportunity here to to finish with a win. And at the end of the day, I don't think, it, uh, and we'll get into it. I don't think anybody's going to care who the opponent was. Uh, it's just a matter that they won. Yeah. We talked about this last week, right? How bad Pat Narduzzi needs this bull victory more than anything. So that's what is important. Uh, me as a fan, all I hope for, I honestly don't even care if they win. I just want to see an offensive performance with zero penalties. That's all I'm asking for, Pam, which we might have to dive into a little bit here as we get into our season review portion. But the quick lane bowl the day after Christmas against Eastern Michigan up at Ford Ford Field. You, you going? Are you two going to this? No, I have to work <laughs> the next day. I Some people uh, have to work the week between Christmas and New Year's, so um, we will not be attending this one. I, You know, it is close enough that if someone wants to take a day trip, I might go. We'll see. I'm, 
It depends you get on... back at like 4 a.m. Yeah, it's not bad. That's not that bad. Classes, classes are out till January 6th, Pam. So we got a lot. We, we, we don't need we yeah, don't maybe, need to sleep. Maybe, maybe the two might, of you maybe can Maybe we go. might be going after all. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I got, I got a lot of family coming in town. I'll see what they want to do. But uh, of course, we encourage all Pitt fans, if you can make it, to go. But that's a conversation we just had. A lot of Pitt fans need to have about maybe making that trip. Because it will be heavy Eastern Michigan presence. Uh, and... You know, I don't know how much that'll help that team against this defense of the Pitt Panthers, but uh, you know, you don't want you, you don't want to have uh, a disadvantage at all in a bowl game if you can avoid it. So go go to this game if you can make it. But day after Christmas, kind of rough. Not really the best setup for anybody. Yikes! At least it's not the New Mexico Bowl. Are you ready to uh, re- review the season though and take a, lo- a close, long look? At everything that went into all those regular season games, Pam. Yeah, let's let's unpack this here. All right, let's let's start this off. And uh, good prompt here. You got to be very uh, straight and direct with the prompt on a rundown sheet here, Vince. And we've done that today. And we've we've even put it in bold. Everyone, give an answer to the questions we're going to ask, and that includes us three and all you Pitt Panther fans out there at H2P Show if you want to answer these questions with us. And the first one is, what is your overall feeling about this season, and did the Pitt football team meet your expectations? You want to go first, Pam? Yeah, I'll take this one. Um, I was disappointed, but n- mostly because of how – big their highs were and how well they looked at certain points. Um, But they were even from my preseason expectations. um, I think I said eight and four Mm -hmm. um, and some, some losses there, but they didn't, they beat UCF, which I did not think they would lose or which I did think they'd lose to. I was unsure about North Carolina where I thought um, they would win was tech and Boston college. And that didn't happen um, as well. And maybe even Miami. So um, they were a little bit below my preseason expectations. And then as the season got on, went on, I had higher expectations for this team. And then it all came crashing down. Yeah, there was a lot of crashing at the end. That's for sure. I mean, you and I both picked eight and four, I believe, at the beginning of the year. But honestly, the record is kind of what was expected. I think, at least for me, Pam, I don't want to speak for you, but I did give them an extra win thinking a little bit more positive positively going into the season. But honestly, a seven, a seven win season is kind of right in that range anyway. And overall, my feeling about that was it obviously could have been a lot better, but I will say as a fan, it was an enjoyable season because the defense was spectacular. And we had some really amazing moments during the season. I think we got some glimpses at what the pit football program can be, but we were reminded how inconsistent it is at the same time. So a lot, a lot of uh, what we talked about preseason Vince happened this season, which unfortunately isn't a great thing, but then there were some shockers. Like I did not expect that defense to be as spectacular as it was all season long. Yeah, yeah, they uh they certainly rose to the to the occasion. There's no doubt about that, and we'll be talking about them in a little bit more detail. Uh, you know, for me, yeah, they uh, they kind of met my expectations in that you know I think they were 
you know, about as good as what, what I thought they were going to be. But at the same time, the, the feeling I have about the season is not good because of the, the, the way it ended and how much better it could have been. Uh, you know, you think it was just little things, you know, drop passes, fumbles, penalties, you know, that's those uh, maybe some bad uh, coaching decisions, deciding to kick field goals instead of going for touchdowns, like little things like that, that, you know, if they would have done, they could have added another win or two. Yeah, there, there was, there were some W's left on the board for sure. That that's probably the most crushing thing about this season was that it it almost was like a self-fulfilling prophecy you know a lot of people are going to say well Pitt did as I expected as we all kind of just did but then again you think well throughout the season my expectations were rising especially a, a, few, a few weeks ago Pam as you mentioned we were talking Orange Bowl yeah and I think it is fair to say though uh, what was the Vegas over under for this team five and a half five and a half six so yeah. yeah five and a half six somewhere in that range and so the expectations were middle of the road but like we all said the way they played at moments is what ex- made people have higher expectations especially after that Virginia game yeah 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 and then UCF victory I mean there were. There were some very positive moments, and let's get into that. What was the highlight of the season then uh, for for you, Vince? That, that's a tough one. I, I'm me. I'm gonna say it was beating North Carolina. That was something that they had to go out there and prove that they could do. Uh, so, I, if I think about you know one individual moment uh, I, and the defense getting a big stop against a team that has constantly just killed us. Uh, uh, that that was the the highlight for me. For me, it was UCF and mm-hmm. the Pitt special play. Yeah, that that was electric and that was awesome. A team that uh, came in with super high expectations in UCF, and that one play um, encapsulated the game. They went for it um, with a trick play. They knew they were going to score. They weren't scared of them, and they were against other teams throughout the year. Coaching staff. Um, so I think that one play was my highlight of the year. Yeah, I have to say, uh, anytime you have a moment that in you know results in t-shirts getting made, that's that's going to be up there in terms of highlights of the year. Was there another moment where a t-shirt was made for this season at all? I'm trying to think. Uh, they should have made a no, shirt with how so. with how much how brutal the uh, Syracuse quarterbacks were were treated by the pit defensive line. Maybe that would have resulted in a t-shirt, but I'm with you beating UC UCF highlight of the season. At least for me being at that game uh, was also extra special. Um, but yeah, there were other wins that I thought were maybe, well, UNC, I think you could say was kind of monumental, at least for this, this program for most teams beating UNC is not that special, but for Pitt, it was definitely a monkey off the back. Beating Syracuse in that game was also pretty cool, I thought, but nothing tops what Pitt did against an undefeated UCF team um, and and all the hopes and expectations that were added on to the team after that victory in particular. That was a, a pivotal moment that seems like almost a year ago now, Vince, because uh, I, we're kind of back to the, the the same place we were before that game at this moment. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the, the team was rising up, and now now it seems like they're back down again. Yeah, it's a, it's a bummer in that regard. But then, you know, there were still special things we look back on this season that 
give you hope for next season, and also things that exceeded our expectations and, and did it the entire season. And I think there are definitely uh, spots with the Pitt football team uh, in that in that vein, Pam. Do you, do you have any one person in particular who exceeded your expectations and maybe maintained it throughout? Uh, I'm going to give the obvious answer here, Twineman. He he's going to be a first round pick. Unanimous he, ace, all ACC too. One of only six unanimous all SEC uh, players this season. Yeah, he's he exceeded expectations from the get go, and he sustained it all year long. And we talked about repeatedly when this team needed to stop, he was in it. Um, and that defensive line overall exceeded my expectations. Um, in years past, we've talked about how that's been a weak part. They haven't been able to get enough pressure, and that was the complete opposite this year. So um, that defensive line anchored by Twineman is my person who exceeded expectations. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that was amazing, too, especially considering the injuries on the defensive line, uh, seeing people step up that way. Twineman, for sure. I mean, that's he's – I'd yeah, the MVP of the team. I don't know if you could really argue against that. But I want to say the person who exceeded my expectations maybe wasn't him because I expected Twyman to be pretty good, especially with them showing him working out with Aaron Donald a lot early in the season. Uh, but Kylan Johnson, to me, coming in as a transfer, I think he made everything a lot easier for that defensive line. And maybe without him, they wouldn't have been able to you know, take those, those wounds they took with the two injuries early in the season, Vince. So he's the guy I think exceeded expectations just because of how crucial he was in terms of helping get after the quarterback and being involved in almost every single play. Guy had a lot of tackles yeah. and was definitely a guy who stepped up as a leader. Yeah, and and you kind of stole, stole my answer a little bit. I was actually going to give the answer of the whole, the whole line linebacker group uh, as a unit. Um, and, and the reason I say that is because you know it has been so long, it seems like, since the linebackers were not a liability on on this defense and you know between you know kylan johnson and campbell and, and you know cam bright uh and, and you could just go down the line with guys that they had there you know tons of speed uh getting all over the field they just didn't uh they were not uh really the cause of you know a lot of uh negative negative plays i will say and that's uh you know, with a lot of new starters and and you know new pieces and young guys in there I think that was that was uh, uh, a group that played far above. I thought what I, or at least what I expected coming into the season. Yeah, you had Kylan Johnson and Phil Campbell combined both for over ten sacks as linebackers. Pretty solid there. And then you add on what the the defensive line did. I mean, between Jones, Alexander, and Twyman, this was a very very special season for that group for both those groups. And I mean, all season long, it basically was steady. It was one of the only consistent parts about the Pitt football team. And, you know, there there's a lot of improvement that needs to be made, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Some players will be lost on the defensive side of the ball. But I will say overall, uh, for next season, there's, I think, a lot more positivity and a lot more hope, and I think the expectations will be higher going into next season than they were this season because of the youth on defense and still a lot of great players coming back. And the fact that just Narduzzi, I think, is in his element now. like His juice is flowing, Pam. This guy has, has been waiting to get 
his defense just right, and I think this season he got it that the way he likes it, and I think he's in his element. Offensively, a totally different story, but as a defensive-minded coach, he's going to be bringing in consistent defenses, I think, moving forward each and every single year because he's hitting his stride. Yeah, absolutely, and this is what we've been waiting for since Pitt hired him was a defense that he could rely on and he could coach up, and he finally had his players in. For sure, for sure. Uh, what about that the the prospects of next season then? What what do you have the most hope for next year, Pam? I think continuing to build on the defense. Um, I know that's an obvious answer again, but um, I think that defense aligned with Rashad Weaver and Keyshawn Camp coming back. I just I, I, that defensive line is going to be unstoppable with those guys on that line, and they have they're going to have more depth with them coming back. It's going to be it's. It's going to be a unit to watch. Oh, yeah, and shout-out to Keyshawn Camp rehabbing. I saw him at a few pit, uh, theater productions this year, Vince. he's a, He's been taking in some some arts while he's been yeah. rehabbing the injuries. Very very well-rounded individual and going to be yeah. special on the D-line. A great thespian, <laughs> uh, that guy. Um, and and a, just a terror on the D-line. You know, those that first game against Virginia when he was in there, uh, he, he was all over the field. Um, and, and you guys said it, you know, you bring that, that defensive line back that they had plus Weaver plus, plus camp. That, that's a very, a very stout unit uh, that, that goes, you know, eight guys and maybe even more, maybe even 10 guys deep uh, there. Just uh, that's exactly what you want to see. Absolutely. And you have any, you have anything to add in terms of positivity there, Vince, and, well, and next you know, season, you know, something you're hopeful for. You know, we've been talking about positivity here, and we have not mentioned the offense yet. Uh, and so, <laughs> There's a reason there, buddy. <laughs> well, I'm going to mention them out here, and, and and I might be going a little off the wall here, Pam, and you could tell me if I'm wrong on this. Oh, I will. Is, is that, you know, th- this offense uh, a lot of the times was not good. Uh-uh. Uh, no, no other way around that. Um, but I will say this, you know, I thought, you know, if you look at Kenny Pickett's play, uh, you look at some of the offensive line play, you look at some of the play calling in a lot of situations, I think it was actually pretty good. Uh, and I think it's a lot of stuff with either, um, you know, dropped passes or wrong routes run or fumbles, that kind of stuff, you know, really derailed a lot of drives for us and, and there were a lot of situations where the Panthers probably could have held on to the ball a little bit more, took in more time off the clock, maybe gotten a few more points. And I, I think it's execution uh, in a, that I think it will get better. I, th- I think it, it has to get but better. But it didn't all year and though. If it, it's just execution, that's something that should well, get I, I better think, as the year well, goes it, on. We went, for, we went from Sean Watson as mm-hmm. our offensive coordinator and and Kenny Pickett not looking great at all last year, uh, and then this year, yeah, we got we got Mark Whipple in here, uh, who I think uh, Alan, you've called it out on this program many times, uh, who's had some really good plant design. He's gotten receivers open. Uh, it's you know sometimes it's just guys not catching the ball, or maybe there was a misread, or or you know they caught the ball and then they fumbled. You know, I, I think that you know I feel a lot better about this offense going in the next season than I did uh, last year going into this season. 
Yeah, I think you have to just because of the experience and the you know the the growing pains. We're hoping. Uh, I will say that throwing the ball four hundred and thirty times in a season and and only throwing nine picks is is kind of you said it, Vince. It's it's a step forward for Kenny Pickett. That's a pretty good rate. He only threw ten touchdowns, but the mistakes on his part, you know, they happen. But I'd say a, a fewer and f- farther between than the previous season. And he's now grizzled in terms of being a college quarterback. And, you know, you just need guy, playmakers to step up. Pitt had a lot of players drop passes this season. And you also need, have a uh, an offensive coordinator who maybe is going to b- better understand the tools he has. So that's something to think positively about uh, when it comes to the offense. But still, if we're talking positivity going into next season, the defense will dominate all the preseason talk for the Pitt Panthers because the offense just has to prove it at some point. And the thing that's a bummer is this this bowl game, Pam, isn't really going to give them an opportunity to do anything except go out there and play some good crisp fo- football. But even if you dominate Eastern Michigan, uh, you know everybody's going to still be questioning the Pitt offense until next season begins. Yeah, the best thing the bowl game does is it gives them 15 practices as a team this offseason to work on things going into next year. Okay, let's go into some of the negativity and and let's get real here and talk. Uh, first, what was the lowest moment of the season, Pam, for you? Uh, for, for me, it was that Miami game. Mm. Uh, first of all, sitting in the rain and... It was just miserable watching that offense try to perform. And that is when Pitt really had super high expectations was that game. So I think that's kind of when things start to turn. And I just thought the offense against a a bad Miami, especially front line, was really poor. I mean, Miami does have the talent, but they were not playing like they had the talent. Um, they lost to some bad teams as well, Miami, throughout the year. So uh, the low moment to me was the offense's performance in that Miami game. Yeah, the, yeah, you you point out the offensive performance in that in that game, and I I'm just putting it on the low moment was just that last drive because even though the offense caused all that, the defense, you know, a backup quarterback just going down the field and beating them that way. So demoralizing, like you said, all the the hopes we had at that point in the season, it really felt like Pitt could could be a little bit above average this season, and it kind of all came crashing down in that moment, in the rain. That was heartbreaking, and for me, the low moment of the season. I'm just glad I wasn't in the stadium, Vince. That would have been even rougher. Uh, it, it was hard to watch. Uh, maybe I'm just numb to it, but it was still very hard to watch. Uh, no doubt about that. Uh, for me, the low moment was at, at Penn State kicking a field goal in the fourth quarter on fourth and goal. I still, you know, you're, you're going up against, you're on the road up against your biggest rival, biggest game of the year, a top 10 opponent, and you don't even give yourself a chance uh, to win. If they would have lost that game, you know, by going for it on fourth down, not getting it, and then Penn State makes a little bit of a drive and you just don't get back down there for a chance to score. You know, I, I can live with that, but you know, the fact that you didn't give yourself a chance there, I mean, that's just, uh, it, it's heartbreaking to see that. And now with the benefit of hindsight, we, we see that they had the pit special play in their back pocket and didn't even use it in that <laughs> yeah. moment. 
<laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Maybe it makes it a little bit worse. I, I mean, we could all agree I would have rather seen the pit special used in that instance than the UCF game, right, Pam? Oh yeah, we mu- <laughs> ask anyone. They much more the much I'm so upset I can't even speak. They, <laughs> they would have rather seen Pitt beat Penn State than UCF. All right, well, let's continue to be negative Nancys here and ask the next question, and that is, uh, what element of the team let us down the most, Vince? For me, it, it's it's the, the the pass catchers, the skill players, uh, you know, the tight end group, the receiver group. Uh, these guys dropped the ball way too much. Literally, did not you know? He did not uh, convert big third downs whenever they had to. Uh, just you know, just threw the threw the offense off the rails way too many times. Uh, and, and to me, that was the the biggest letdown. At the beginning of the season, I didn't think these groups uh, would be would be uh, this disappointing. I thought there was some really good athletes uh, in these groups, but at, at the end of the day, you, you got to catch the ball before you could do something with it. For me, the t- element of the team that let me down the most was actually uh, Narduzzi and the coaching. Um, oh my goodness! I, I, I was I also felt the wide receivers and the pass catchers there, but this is my issue. It's not necessarily the coaching. I don't think Narduzzi needs to be fired. I'm not. I mean, I did say a lot of choice words after that Penn State game, but there were a number of instances this year where this coaching staff and Narduzzi probably the head of that coaching staff played super conservative. Narduzzi prides himself on being this tough guy. I'm from Youngstown and, uh, you know, we're going to be a tough team. Well, be tough and take chances. Look at that UCF game when they were tough and they went for it. They won. It paid off. So some of these decisions to be super conservative and then you're trying to justify it after the fact, it still makes no sense. So that's what <laughs> let me down personally, uh, because going into this year, I thought the world of this coaching staff, and I still think there's elements there, but this just, uh, there was a number of times. It just wasn't once this year. Yeah, this was definitely a season where Narduzzi was just out there singing every week, I am who I am, and doing it, doing it his way every single week. And I don't know, to a fault, yeah, but was it that was like expected, so it didn't really let that let me down as a fan. See, as, I didn't expect it though. That was my problem. I'm, this we do have I, I would say we have one of the hardest headed coaches in all of college football. Just a guy who has a philosophy he sticks to, and you, you sometimes you gotta respect it, I guess, even though you know it, it it might end up one day costing him his job, as a lot of people try to talk about on Twitter. Uh, I, well, not a lot. I'd say a vocal minority, um, but didn't let me down the most as much as just an offensive line that features an all ACC player and another what second team all CC player in Bryce Hargrove, Vince, or at least second or third. I mean, two guys on this unit that were recognized at the end of the season, but as a unit, there was really no progression at all in terms of the run game and and strength and conditioning and pushing people around. I mean, that was just sporadic and then the mistakes that this unit made on a consistent basis killed this team throughout the season and this is where football games are won as cliche as it sounds and this is where Pitt on a a consistent basis 
just couldn't rely on what they had in front of Kenny Pickett and the running backs. And so that's what I think led us down was just the offensive line progressing and getting better into the end of the season. You th- you expected maybe growing pains because they were so young, but it just never kind of clicked. And that unit, I mean, this is just probably the most important uh, part of the team in terms of all the extra practices right now. That's what needs to be a huge focus for the coaching staff is that offensive line, to me at least. I, I don't know if that yeah, makes any I, sense. No, it it does. Uh, you know, I'd say, you know, up until the last couple of weeks, I thought that the pass protection was was actually pretty decent, you know, adequate enough for sure. Uh, but, you know, all year, the run blocking was just not there. Uh, you know, we could argue maybe there was just no commitment to the running game or maybe the formations they were running out of. A little bizarre, but you know, it the whole holes weren't opening up as much as they should, and of course, pan the, the penalties, false starts, illegal shifts, uh, that stuff was just you know, it just plagued this team every week, yeah, absolutely. It was terrible to watch. I still, I will say again that I'm convinced Pitt leads the nation in most illegal shifts, yeah, we gotta, we gotta look that one up. I the advanced stats there. And also, I mean, legal shifts were a lot of, you know, tight ends and receivers causing those. But still, the offensive line, I mean, you talk about games where there were games where, uh, you know, Gabe Hoy would be false starting nonstop or Nolan Ulysio just like nonstop inside their heads somehow, inside their own heads, uh, just couldn't get out of their own way. Just frustrating as a fan to watch. Um, and that's where it brings me to, to the next question. And for me, it's discipline. What needs improved most for pit football to get better? The damn you discipline. You took it from me. I oh, mean, you, that's Pam, a- I, we're, we're near our, our, all of our questions asked here so far. And you and I have pretty much been on the same exact answer yeah. almost every way through. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's just not only discipline for the penalties, but Vince talked about how so many passes were dropped. Balls were fumbled this year. Um, even sometimes it happened more in the beginning of the year, stupid penalties by the defensive backs at times, but that, that cleaned itself up and it goes back to discipline, whether it's making sure you're set, um, before the ball is snapped or holding onto the ball or watching the ball all the way through. So I, I agree with you. It's the mental side of the game. They would have won one or two more games if they were mentally tough and mentally ready. Yeah. I'm, Kind of going to say the same answer as you, but I'm going with execution, you know. And uh, I've talked about catching the ball here and holding on to the ball, you know, enough here. But, you know, execute as in, you know, be focused and and, and just do, uh, don't commit any stupid penalties. They need you know, a you mental know, on, toughness coach. On, on offense, you know, you know, don't fall start. You know, yeah, just just do good execution. Don't miss any blocks, you know, things like that. You know, I think if the execution was a little bit better, I think that this team would have a few more wins here. I, I don't think this this team was good enough to have a much better season. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it just didn't it just didn't materialize. Yeah, that that takes us to this last portion of our uh, review questions we're asking. And you you said they need what was that a mental toughness coach, Pam? So is that what yeah, one of the coaching changes need, that they should be that should be made? Yeah, they need they do. Honestly, they need a coach or bring in someone um, from 
the psychology department to get these players focused. Maybe it's changing up the routine or um, the night before or something. They do need some kind of um, change to focus on the mental side of the game more. And I do think they should bring in someone. um, I don't know exactly what, but Heather like has dedicated resources to mental wellness in athletics um, in a little different capacity, but let's expand it here and get, work on the mental side of the game for some of these players. Um, in addition to that, I do think um, they should keep Whipple for some consistency purposes, but maybe it is a coaching change on the offensive line. I'm not familiar with who that coach is, but that's something that we haven't seen develop. You know, coach Borbley on the, on the offensive line. Um, you know, like you said, Alan, he, he's had a lot of new guys to work with. Um, and I, it's, I kind of, it, it's hard to throw him out of the way. I mean, how much blame do you really put on a coach for, for false starts and, and, you know, no, but you th- talked about like the that. lack of development on Alan's talked about the lack of like strength on that line too. Yeah. I, you know, I, when you're playing that many young guys and, and, you know, you're, you're bringing in a graduate transfer to, to play right tackle. And, you know, that that kind of side, I mean, it's not like he was working. This is not the offensive line of a few years ago. Um, I, I think this guy should be given some I, – I wouldn't make any, uh, you know, major coaching changes. No, me neither, at, but if at you the had moment, to. Um, because I, I don't uh, – I, th- I think all these, guys, all these coaches they have are, are valuable in their own ways or deserve some more time uh, to make things happen. Yeah, zero coaching changes or personnel changes for me in terms of getting rid of anything. Consistency is what is so important for for this offense at this point, at this juncture, with all the starts and stops with coordinators and systems. You need something to carry over. I don't care if you were upset with with the offense this year. We all were, but you need to give them this offseason and time to develop, and maybe we'll reconvene at that question at a later date. But no changes in that. This is the only thing I want to see in terms of changes. Nothing taken away. In addition, maybe a mental health, uh, wellness coach or mental toughness coach, Pam. I like that idea. But I want a communications specialist or a, a play calling coordinator. <laughs> someone who gets to play in quicker to this offensive uh, unit. And someone who's going to make sure everybody's on the same page. Because I have to still believe that all of the mess ups on offense have to some in some way connect to the weird i'm saying weird system pit used in terms of play calling and getting plays onto the field that just looked wrong to me all season long yeah we'll have to see if they keep that in place next year and if they do i know in that on that episode you're after the first game you're gonna lose it my head will again my head will explode and i'm gonna go by uh you know walkie talkies for these coaches and put i'll I'll get kenny pickett's helmet and put a mic uh or a speaker in it myself i don't know what's going on there should be able to just call the play in with this the 21st century jeez oh man all right but that's uh that's the season in review and those are all the questions we had asking about the season frustrating uh, but also had its high spots, and now we have a bowl game to get ready for, and uh, we'll be breaking that down, of course, long form in the coming weeks, day after Christmas game. Um, any any closing comments on the season in review, Vince? Uh, it was a good discussion. 
but uh, it, it brings up a lot of frustration of what, what could have been. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, let's uh, run through some quick non-football sports uh, before we get to the rest of this, uh, the, the the finish of this show here. Pam Pittman's hoops losing to Louisville, and you know they were kind of making it a basketball game for a little bit until uh, you know the number one team in the nation pulled away and dominated the Panthers. Yeah, it was a close game. We watched it here, and um, Louisville lost to Texas Tech uh, this week. Um, so they will no longer be the number one team. And that seems to how it seems to be how it's going in uh, college basketball this year. The number one team continues to go down. But um, there were some things you'd like to see. You could just tell in this game that Pitt was just outmatched and Louisville just had better players. Um, but it's good to see them fight um, against Louisville, a team they beat last year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were ranked number one for a reason. Yep. Uh, there's, there's no doubt about that. And you saw some you know, some, some frustration, too many turnovers, uh, things of that nature in this game that, that are going to come out against a, a really good team like this. Uh, and I've been watching uh, around the ACC, and I'll tell you right now, um, we'll be talking about this in the coming weeks as, as the conference season heats up, uh, which is on January 4th, Allen, mm. against Wake Forest. Huge. Um, uh, uh, and, we, and we're going to have, after this finals exams break, we'll have Northern Illinois, on uh, the 16th when the Panthers get back in action, uh, followed by Binghamton and uh, Canisius. Interesting college. Yes, Um, yes. Some cupcakes until that Wake Forest game. But uh, but watching the ACC, uh, outside of Louisville and Duke and North Carolina and Virginia, uh, to me – you know, th- this conference seems a bit wide open. Well, and Virginia uh, still can't score. Yeah, and, and they're, they beat they, North Carolina like 55 to 44 yeah, the other yeah, night. Yeah, I mean, they do have some injuries. They're a little banged up at the yeah. moment. Uh, but, you know, outside of those teams, you don't see a tremendous amount of like really deep, talented teams in the ACC, at least from what I'm seeing. Uh, NC State, I think, has looked all right to me. Uh, so I think that there's a chance that the Panthers can, can, uh, can, uh, get more wins in the ACC than they had last year, and that would be a nice improvement. I absolutely th- uh, think that's possible. And seeing how they've are, I think they're already progressing. And and you know, I'm still holding out hope to be a bubble team. We'll see. Um, I'm, I'm at least fingers crossed. NITs, kind of what we talked about preseason, but uh, so far, I like the trajectory. Pittman's basketball's on, and yes, they will be back in action on the 16th finals uh, week. Is, is winding down here. Actually, that's why I'll be uh, celebrating after we record. Uh, this is the last show of the semester that we're, I'm doing here, Pam, and I'm going to have myself uh, a nice little whiskey after after we're done recording here to celebrate. It's a great day to be a Pitt Panther student with finals winding down. But unfortunately, there was a – you know – it's good that not everybody was on campus at their usual times. It's not, you know, finals that it's a different kind of hustle than bustle. It's a lot of focus, not a lot of chatter. So there wasn't a lot of talk about volleyball as there has been all semester. But maybe that's a good thing because super disappointing. Out of nowhere, losing to Cincinnati. Didn't see that coming second round. And it was an amazing season. But, oh, my goodness, what could have been, Pam? Yeah, it was a, a tough one. A Cincinnati team that they played previously um, in the year and had beaten, but um, they were in a, a tough bracket and it was very disappointing, a team that had final four aspirations. Um, but hopefully just like 
in the NCAA tournament, basketball tournament, those one-and-done games are really, really tough. Um, if you're not up to par or if you're facing a really good team, anything can happen. Um, so hopefully they can build upon this and uh, take it into next year and come back even stronger. Yeah, losing into that fi- that final set, uh, uh, the girls just look stunned. Uh, and, so, and so were all the, the supporters. Uh, just a... Uh, an awful way to end the season, but at the same time, it was a great season. So congratulations to the Panthers on uh, on, on a tremendous season, and I'm, I'm sure they'll bounce back next year. Yeah, and the, the cool thing is the fact that Pitt is becoming known for multiple sports in, in terms of being powerhouse across the country. Volleyball have arrived as, as a volleyball uh, destination. Uh, wrestling is is looking awesome right now. And with the, you know, everybody loves what Jeff Capel's doing. If Pitt can get to some kind of consistency and respectability back in men's hoops, we like what Coach White's doing with the women we're going to talk about here in a second, Pam. And, of course, football always feels like they're on the edge. Pitt is really, I, I mean, overall the job of Heather Like I think, is really what you look at when you talk about these other sports that are coming up and really uh, putting Pitt on the map across the nation with volleyball and wrestling and 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 the work they're doing in terms of trying to rebuild stuff that Pitt has always been known for, um, it's an interesting time for the athletic department. Yeah, and speaking of Heather, like something we didn't mention earlier was uh, Eastern Michigan, who Pitt's playing in the bowl game, is where Heather like used to be the athletic director at. A lot of fun, a lot of a lot of interesting connections. We don't, is Charlie Batch going to be at that game? That's his alma mater, right, Vince? Yeah, I, I don't know if he'll be there, but uh, I'm sure he'll be he'll be watching. A lot of Pittsburgh flavor uh, connections with that with that big bowl game in a couple of weeks. Women's hoops, last thing to get into here. They lost to Stony Brook at home by three. Pam, they're on break, and they're going to get Miami of Ohio and Cincinnati before their conference play begins. But a rough one to take in at the Pete the other day. Yeah, and Stony Brook was up pretty much this entire game. And we've talked about it. This team's a young team. There are some bright spots, um, some players doing well, but it's going to take some time. And um, it's there. you're going to have some bad losses, and you're going to probably take a beating in the ACC. But just like with uh, ACC and the men's side, you have a few teams, but the rest of the teams um, are middle of the pack there in the ACC. So you some of the games where you might get destroyed in previous years and have been uh, maybe they'll be a little bit closer but you just like to see this team continue to fight you're going to have bad losses and you just want to be playing your best basketball as the season goes on so if they can start to improve here um that's what you're looking for out of this team all right, there it is. That's all your pit athletics and what's going on currently. Now, as we get closer to our big finish of the show, we need to talk about what you're talking about. And uh, before we go around town in Pittsburgh, let's go out into the pitternet, Vince. If you would like to uh, hear what people are saying online about the Pit Panthers, uh, I am ready to get down on that, man. Well, let's do it. Can you explain what internet is? I hear there's rumors on the uh, internets. And to all those faceless keyboard warriors on Twitter. But we're a good dog football team. I'm proud of these guys. Online pit chatter. Always so fun to get heated on Reddit, Twitter, Panther Lair. And apparently there are voices on Panther Lair 
Vince, calling for Bill Chirpak to be the head coach of the Pitt Panthers. Yeah, I saw this in several places uh, uh, on on Panther Lair over the past week. Uh, congratulations to the Thomas Jefferson Jaguars uh, capturing another state championship, uh, PIAA state champion uh, class four A. They beat Dallas, Dallas High School, I believe it was. Uh, uh, you, you know, we're always cheering for the Jaguars on this show, and. Uh, Bill Turpak did an excellent job there. And a lot of people think on, on Panther Lair feel like he should be the head coach. Can I just address these? The Who are these people that you've been telling me on Panther Lair for the last 15 years are always cl- calling for high school coaches in the Whippeal to be the coach at Pitt? What what Power 5 university hires a high school coach to be, to be their head man in charge? When does that ever happen? Why do people consistently uh, bring this up? It don't happen very often. Uh, maybe maybe he should be the offensive line coach. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. Like how how no. many good offensive line Communications coach. coordinator. That's what you, you go for someone like that. But congratulations to TJ. <laughs> All right. Let's go to level one here. This one's from, uh, it looks like, uh, Dake, Dayton Vukovic, 21. On This looks like Reddit here, Pam, saying, being a fan of pit sports is like getting the same bad meal from your favorite restaurant but you keep going back expecting the meal to get better. Just keep hailing, I guess. Yeah, I saw this on Reddit. I thought it was an appropriate uh, analogy for the uh, football team uh, this year. You just kept thinking it's going to get better in the past few years. It uh, it hasn't. So, um... If your favorite restaurant keeps giving you bad food, are they really your favorite restaurant? Well, if your favorite uh Football team keeps giving what, you bad. What what restaurants do you like that keep giving? No, you I food? don't. I think it's a it's a, it is a little bit of an odd well, analogy. The, the food I, sucks, but I love the place. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was a yeah. Maybe that's. I don't know. I thought it was different. <laughs> I'd like just keep hailing. I keep hailing, baby. I like that. That needs to be on a t-shirt for sure. Um, how about this on Reddit? Uh, the mods of our Pit Panthers have put a new rule out through the bowl game. No more posts regarding why Narduzzi should be fired or nobody should be mad at him. Basically, they they put a, a kibosh on talking about Narduzzi's job status, uh, which is interesting. Uh, but then user jbish21 said, the attendance problem is partly because of the old pit gonna pit adage. Who the hell wants to go to a home game against Boston College after Thanksgiving in the cold after getting waffle stomped by Virginia Tech? <laughs> so now people aren't going to talk about Narduzzi, but they're going to refer to the lack of attendance due to waffle stomps, Vince. I don't even know what that means. I'm a fan of waffle stomping. Hail, keep on hailing and waffle stomping. If anything, Pitt Panther fans are killing it with with the 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 verbiage and the in the interesting uh, euphemisms here on online. That's well, that's what we got going for us. Well, uh, well, the only thing that's going to increase attendance and 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 general interest is Pitt's got to go out there and start waffle stomping uh, some of their opponents, and uh, it, it's going to start. December 26th, hopefully, against uh, Eastern Michigan. And there we have all of our Pitternet chatter. Thanks to everybody who interacts online with us at H2P Show or just with each other. Keep on hailing online. Um, Now let's take it to the real world, Vince, where 
um, you know, it's it's a little bit it's less heated because why get mad about pit football when uh, you know the pit's gonna pit as some people say, but they're still talking about this bowl game. It had a lot of people reacting in different ways around town. Yeah, a lot, a lot of a lot of talk about uh, this bowl game and you know the timing of it and just location and all that. Another Saturday coming and the Panthers are playing. Time to find out what the Panthers are saying. So Ian's going up there, Detroit for the bowl game. You kidding me? That whole place up there is like going down Carnegie on a Friday night. Get out of town. Yeah, that's why their whole police force got all them robocops in it. Yeah, I guess I ain't going either. I got to throw my tree out that day anyway. It'll fit. So that's what the Inzers are saying. Uh, we'll be talking about uh, this this big pit bowl game uh, in the in the coming weeks, as well as a, a big signing uh, college signing day episode. Uh, mm-hmm. Coming up as well for the early signing period. Ooh, the recruit uh, Knicks are coming out. I can't wait. They will be, and and there's there's going to be a lot of that all over the country, uh, as well as a lot uh, some college football bowl games starting. We still got one last game, uh, but we also got uh, the Allen the Final Four. the The playoffs mm. is set, Allen. We got we got to discuss that a little bit. Oh, college football! You're giving us. One of the, I'm going to say, I'm going to say the best since the playoffs began. The best four, uh, best two matchups, best four teams, most exciting uh, prospects and exciting matchups, I think, with these four teams. Absolutely hit the nail on the head from the committee, I think. I know a lot of people maybe are sour on OU, but you're talking about Jalen Hurts, who has LSU's number throughout his career. (laughs) That's something to look forward to. And then... And and then you've got Ohio State and Clemson is basically a dream matchup and as only a semifinal game. This is unreal to me. Yeah, I'm I'm mostly in agreement with you uh, that uh, still Oklahoma, I think, you know, based on their their record and what they accomplished, you know, they are probably the number four team. Who better? Who better? Who better for that spot? I mean, honestly, come on. There's no one out there that. Would have been it's a better inter- suited. It's interesting, you know. I, the thing, if, if Georgia didn't get blasted in that game against LSU, I, I would have made a strong argument that they should have been the number four team. And paper champions and- all season long. I've never seen a team get so exposed like the Georgia Bulldogs did this year. Well, and the other thing I think that is a little disheartening is that if Oregon, in their first week, did not play. Auburn and they just played you know some regular old non-conference game or if they would have held on to the lead for the last four seconds of the game they would be playing in the playoff right now uh I think you know after watching this you can make an argument that maybe Oregon was the number four team you know I know they don't deserve to be in it because of the record uh but you know uh and you got to give credit to Oklahoma for making it this far but I, I would have liked to see, you know, what Oregon could do there. I know I, that's an interesting point you made there about Jalen Hurts, uh, Alan. But, Pam, i got to ask you, I, I don't – I mean, we'll be making predictions about this. But yeah, does LSU versus Oklahoma excite you at all? 
Um, I'm not an Oklahoma fan. It excites me because I get to watch uh, Coach O and the LSU offense again. But no, um, the matchup I'm looking forward to is Ohio State and Clemson. I'm just really glad that um, LSU and Clemson aren't playing in that first round. Yeah. There. Both teams are de- deserving to be in yeah. the championship. And I just didn't want to see – Ohio State is the one seed I don't – they didn't deserve that. Yeah. And it- so I am excited about – these matchups because I am convinced that LSU and Clemson are the two best teams in the country. And this matchup gives us the opportunity to see that. This is really exciting. I'm telling you, I'm so hyped for both these games and for the championship. Um, LSU going out there and Molly waffle stomping Georgia unexpected, but Oh my goodness. Is that a team with all, all the swag, that you could possibly have. I've never seen a team beat this many good, supposedly at least good teams. And I will say not, actually not supposedly. They have beaten legitimately good teams all season long. And now they're here and they still have to be asked to do more. Beat Oklahoma, beat Jalen Hurts, a player you've never beaten, Coach O. And then go and beat Ohio State or Clemson. And that could go down as one of the all-time, at least before kickoff games in terms of semifinals. It's amazing. It's amazing. I love it all and I cannot wait. Um, and in terms of the uh, the other bowl games, um, I, I there's a there's a bowl game called T- the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl, Pam. It's Florida State and Arizona State. The matchup stinks, but it's called the Tony the Tiger Bowl. I think that's that's also amazing and going to be the game I'm marking my calendar for now on on New Year's Eve. I was hoping Pitt would be in the Cheese It Bowl. As a big fan of Cheese It's <laughs> myself, uh, that's the bowl game that I have. I think it's the best name. Really, you like that better than the bad boy mowers Gasparilla Bowl? <laughs> I, I mean, we can keep talking. We could keep talking about all the names here. Bad but... boy mowers. What about the? Wa- I like the walk-ons Independence Bowl. That's a big Louisiana bar. <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about the waffle stomping bowl. The waffle stomping bowl is hopefully what Pitt's going to be playing in against Eastern Michigan. Um, yeah, the 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 four. I think we could all agree. There's not too much complaining you could do. Obviously, we. I think we. If Alabama was the fourth team in there, that we would all be picking them to win it all anyway, right? No, <laughs> there would have been. Uh, yeah, you know, I'll put it this way: I probably would have picked them to beat LSU. I would have said <laughs> beating Alabama twice in one year. Yeah, yeah. You beat them once, do it again. I'm glad they're not asking LSU to do that. That would have been unfair. And last thing here, we got Vince Army Navy. Go Army beat navy Oof. I, think, I think we'll end the show here saying go navy beat army yeah that's you know i've i've heard you say it the other way around all you know all of our lives pretty much but i'm 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 officially now a west pointer um you've got you've got an xfl team an xfl team has has now taken uh, that facility over for part of their mini camp so i have a connection there as an as a big xfl honk and then uh, for the New York Guardians, go Guardians on duty. And then also, I've hiked, I've hiked across the river from West Point, so there's my connection to them. I'm rooting for Army in this one. Sorry. Well, that's fine. Uh, I'm I'm cheering for the Naval Academy like I always do. Um, Naval Academy a ten point favorite right now at the Westgate. Uh, I, I don't. We're not going to make a pick on this game. It just wouldn't be right. No. Uh, but 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 we. Uh, I don't know what who you're cheering for, Pam. Probably just a good game and for nobody to get hurt. That's right. Hail to Pitt. Hail to Pitt.
Hail to Pit, everybody. Keep on hailing. We'll see you next week.